Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, step right up for the greatest show on earth. Good morning. It's the Bob and Cherry Show with Bob. I don't think my germs are as harmful. I don't think that I make people sick. And Cherry. There's nothing like expecting fairness out of life to make a person miserable. Now broadcasting from the palatial Bob and Cherry Studios, it's Bob and Cherry. Greetings Yay! from all of us here at the Bob and Sherry Show. <laughs> Greetings from Max and Lamar and Doc Ooh. and Sherry. And very special greetings from me, Bob. <laughs> all right. Um, there is a writer for the Huffington Post. Her name is Caroline Bologna. And she asked a lot, I don't know how many, but a lot of airline pilots what they refuse to do when they are not pilots, but passengers, just things, you know, they, they see all sorts of things happening and people doing things on a plane and, you know, they're pilots and they're going to be distinguished. And these are things that they, they just don't do. Number one, don't leave your shoes off when you go to the bathroom. It's okay. Uh, they feel, yeah. take, take ah, your ah. shoes off, take your shoes off while you're, you know, seated. That's, you know, I think we're used to that. For God's sakes, don't put your feet up on the window or something like that. But I'm not going to get into it. Don't go into that bathroom with just your socks on. It's not a good idea. Number two, don't stand up before the plane is at the gate. Once in a while, you'll see some jackass doing that. Everybody does it. I hate that. It it is bad. Don't board without a beverage. I I don't bring a beverage on. I like to get a Coke or something, uh, you know, sometimes even a Bloody Mary. Uh, but this pilot, these pilots are saying, nah, uh, first of all, don't ever ask for the water and uh, don't even ask for the coffee. Just just take a, a beverage with you. This is the interesting one. And Sherry, I thought about you because we've traveled together so much. The pilots say, don't panic about turbulence. I'm going to read to you what they say. Turbulence is an annoyance for most, but the airplane will not fall out of the sky. And it's typically not dangerous at all, as long as you follow the flight crew's instructions, stay seated, wear your seatbelt when asked what to do. Although turbulence can feel very scary, they recommend reframing how you think of it to calm yourself during particularly bumpy moments. And I have actually done this. I'm going to read you what they say to calm yourself. I have done this. I'd liken turbulence to riding in a boat. In the boat, you can see the waves as you're bouncing along. Air is as fluid as the water, but in the air, you are unable to see the waves. It is perfectly safe, and the airplane can handle it. Does that speak to you, Sherry, specifically? I 
I know that. Like, I, I understand the science behind it. But um, I don't like the noises the plane makes when it hits those. The slams and grinds yeah. and squeals and kind of noises. Yeah. Um, and I don't like the way the plane, like, drops abruptly. There was an article in my newsfeed, the 10 most turbulent um, places to fly in America. And you know what I did? I didn't read it because I figured there was a better than 50-50 chance that I re- I have to fly those one of those paths a lot. And I just don't want right. to yeah. know. Yes, no, I agree with you. Well, we've been sticking our head in the sand for most of our career. Why start now? Yeah. Um, keep. Keep the window shade closed during takeoff and landing. They ask you to do that for a variety of reasons. Don't board before getting organized. Um, From a pilot's perspective, I want the boarding process seamless. I arrange my belongings, minimize my time getting to my seat. I take everything out of my overhead bin bag that I want to have with me in the flight. It only takes a few minutes and that way you're not slowing people down or blocking the aisle. That is, that is very true. I need to be more conscious of doing um, that. Th- why, do we, why do we have to have the most fascinating and exciting part of flying is taking off and landing. Why aren't we allowed to look out the window? Does your article say no. why we have to keep no, them closed? No, they, they, they want, no, no, no. They want the window closed when the plane is on the tarmac uh, because it's just sitting there and it, it, and it heats up. You can have the... Uh, the window up when you're taking off. I hate oh, it when the okay. guy next next to the window closes it because he's already fallen asleep, Lamar. He's already especially when asleep. you're like you're flying over the majestic Rocky Mountains. Yeah, like, I sure I sure would love to have a peak. No, oh, I know, okay. I know exactly. <laughs> I, that you know, I, I guess I'm just so old school. If I'm flying over the majestic Rocky Mountains. I don't, there's nothing on a, a, a little phone or uh, an iPad that is more unbelievable to see than what I could look out the window at. And yet I think we have become kids have grown up. You know, you could be driving through the Redwood Forest, but your kids are in the back of the car and they're looking at some stupid thing on their iPad or their phone rather. And then if you say, look at the the majesty of the Redwood Forest. But it's not typically a kid with a tablet sitting in the window seat. It's typically a grown adult who just doesn't care. They yeah, just don't true, care too. about looking yeah. at the majestic Rockies. Yeah. They don't care. So that's what they're uh, suggesting. The other thing is don't forget to thank the flight crew, which I think is important as you go out yep. and they say... Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. It's Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Live. Live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. So just a minute ago, we were talking about what pilots never do when they are passengers on an airplane. And one of them was take your shoes off if you want, but don't go to the lavatory in your socks or, good Lord, your bare feet. For a variety, you you can imagine why, right? I started thinking about Michael Fronte, who is such a great, entertaining singer. We had him in the studio a couple of times. And one of the things beyond his talent that he's famous for is Michael Fronte does not wear shoes. Uh, He is barefoot everywhere he goes. And I'd heard that. And we went out to the lobby to get him. And there he is in our radio station lobby. um, And he's got no shoes on. 
He's got bare feet. And, you know, he'll he'll do an interview about it. And, you know, you can ask him about it. He's fine. He's fine. He goes, that's just the way it is. You know, I just feel more comfortable. I can feel the earth and all. So I read this article the other day about why you should take your shoes off when you go into somebody's house, uh, if, if that's what they want to do. And that you should take your shoes off when you go into your own house because there's all sorts of bacteria from men's rooms and from uh, stores and God knows what you're getting on the bottom of your shoes. So if you're getting that in the bottom of your shoes, Michael Fronte would be getting, or someone like him, would be getting that on the bottom of his feet. So suppose you're that person that wants the shoes off at the house and Michael Fronte or somebody like him comes for dinner. That's quite a conundrum. What, what do you do? Do you, do you say, Michael, hop on my back. I'm going to walk you over for a foot bath in, in, the, uh, in the primary bathroom. Or do you say, hey, Michael, would you mind putting on these shoes? Because your feet have been everywhere. What do you do in a situation like that? I'm going to guess because he's a celebrity, you don't do anything because the rules are different for celebrities than they are for regular people. Okay, I give you that. But what do you do if you have a friend that, that is doing, doing that? Like, say it's summertime and this guy just does not wear shoes. And then he comes over to your house and he was over at Billy Babu's Bar and Grill. That's where he came from. He had a few drinks over there. God knows what that floor is like. What do you do, Bob? So, so, but Michael is probably washing his feet every day. The people with the shoes on, they're not washing their shoes every day. I'd be more concerned about the people with the shoes than Michael Fronte. Are you sure that Michael Fronte is walking? Yes, I'm sure that he's washing his feet every day. Suppose he was over at Billy Babu's bar. Well, I said different than if I was there and I came over to your house and I was wearing shoes. What's the difference? We can make because you I could ask you to off. take your shoes off. Yeah. yeah. You can't take his feet off. You can't take his feet off. You're going to ask am I people supposed to take their shoes off in your house? If I'm There's one of those of people. Yeah, a lot of people don't want you wearing shoes in their house. Right. You know I dated what? a woman the, like that. The last, the last thing, and I've said this before, the last thing I want is to have dinner with a celebrity. So when Michael Fronte rings my doorbell, I'm going to pretend I'm not home. And then I don't have to deal with his <laughs> shoes, his feet. Any of it. I, I, that, is yeah. The, yeah, that is the last thing I want. That when people say, if you could have dinner with three famous people, who would it be? Um, I don't know because I'm hiding in my car and pretending I'm not home. So, like, I'm not yeah. going to do that. That is the last thing I want. Yeah. So many celebrities are, Im- are intimidating because they know they're celebrities and somehow uh, they know that the rest of us uh, who are not are less are lessened, you know, except, you know, who I would be comfortable with? Billy Bob Thornton. I would be comfortable with him at my dinner party. But you don't know that. You don't know that until you. Well, we've interviewed him and I felt totally comfortable with him. He was so <sighs> honest. Was he, Sherry get, asked was he him getting anything out questions. of it? Was he getting anything out of it? He was getting his he, name he out of the He seemed to enjoy it. What, okay. what are you saying? Okay. We're not fun to be with? No, 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 no. I'm saying that some celebrities, they they show one thing. You know what they say? You don't want to meet your heroes sometimes. Sometimes yeah. they're that on true. and then they're off. You know, now if he comes to your dinner party and there's a bunch of people there and he decides to be on, then okay. But what if he decides it's just you and him and he don't want to be on? 
Yeah. Well, you could get that with anybody, but I mean, just based on, I think we've had him on a couple of times. Uh, he was so, you know, honest and down to earth that I, I immediately felt comfortable. I mean, I'll, I'll just be honest. Very often when we're excited about having a celebrity on, I get a little nervous because you don't know what you're going to be getting. Just like you said. I'm very careful. Now that I've reached celebrity status, I don't want people to be uncomfortable <laughs> around me. So I try to act, I try to act like I've always acted. You know what I'm saying? I'm not above my races. Not above it. Not above it. Well, that's one more thing to love about you. (laughs) And Michael Franti, if you said to him, hey, man, would you mind dipping your dogs into this dishpan of bleach? Thanks. He probably would. I mean, he would think you were crazy, but he's such a gracious man. He probably would. But I'm never going to know. Lights are off. I'm hiding behind the couch. Morons in the news is next. It's Bob and Sherry. Morons in the News is sponsored by Every Plate. Skip the grocery store and save money with Every Plate. Let's go! Harvesting idiots from around the globe. You stupid moron. It's Morons in the News with Bob and Sherry. Well, a traveler at JFK International Airport has been arrested for allegedly trying to smuggle cocaine inside bags of delicious jumbo shrimp. Zachary Scott, who is 22 years old, is a citizen of the U.S. who lives in Ghana. He was arrested while going through customs. During the screening process, his two suitcases were selected for a secondary screening. Customs and Border Protection officers discovered loose clothing and multiple packages of frozen jumbo shrimp wrapped in sealed plastic, according to the complaint. Investigators say the packages of shrimp were cut open to reveal brick-shaped objects filled with a white powdery substance. 40 pounds worth of cocaine is what it was. He told investigators that he had brought the packages into the United States in exchange for a payment of five or $6,000. He could be facing 20 years in prison. So what he's saying is somebody asked me to take this in. They give me $5,000 and I said, sure, I'd be glad to do that. That's that's still a crime, but it may diminish if he is an unknowing, if unwitting dupe, right? Okay, or, so here's what here's what I'm saying. Um, all that jumbo shrimp is worth more than that cocaine. So I'm not I'm not sure yeah. I understand this transaction at all. Yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. You know, I've seen right. I've seen Forrest Gump twice, and I never once heard Bubba mention cocaine shrimp. That's the only no, one sir. I never heard him mention. Yeah, he never said that. <laughs> <laughs> pecan shrimp yeah, butterfly yeah, shrimp yeah, yeah. well I'll tell you this there's a reason that animal sanctuaries make a point to tell visitors not to approach the wildlife a tourist in Bali learned the lesson the very hard way the unidentified woman was visiting the sacred monkey forest in Ubud, or Ubud. Indonesia when she got up close with one of the wild primates that populates the sanctuary. The monkey manages to grab her passport and then starts ripping it to shreds while all she can do is sit there and look. Now, the sacred monkey forest is located in uh, Oluwati Temple in the Indonesian tourist spot. And those are the, the Macau monkeys. They are so, so, so smart. And they've tried to tell the tourists you got to give them space because many of the Macau's uh, they figured this out. If they will let the humans get close, they can steal their personal items 
and then the monkey will give it back to you if you exchange it for food. Okay, but wow. in this case, Smart there was monkey. no food bribe, so the monkey yeah. said, "Well, if that's the way it is," and they destroyed the passport. I don't know how oh, she wow. got home, but she knows better the next time. <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow. Yeah. All right, and and finally to today's moron of the day out of I'm sorry, Florida, Marion County, Florida. So there's this giant home that's under construction, and the builders set up um, a security camera to prevent people from stealing building materials. And sure enough, um, somebody showed up at the construction site and they not just, they didn't just steal building materials, they stole the security camera. Now the <laughs> camera, the camera is Wi-Fi enabled and sends images back to the computer of the person who set it up. Which is right. how we have an absolutely crystal clear, perfect close-up of the man who stole the security camera. That's so funny. That is so, so funny. we've got that for you. We're going to get that posted up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook. The camera that he stole was only about worth about maybe $355. That stuff has gotten really, really cheap. The problem is, is that, and this is why he's the moron of the day, sir... What do you think the camera is connected to? It must be connected to something. Is it connected right. to an old school VCR? No, because this isn't the 90s. It's feeding that stuff back via the internet. It's going to take these people about a minute to catch him. His face is all over the news and they're offering a cash reward. That is Morons in the News coming up. We have comedian Jordan Conley. We've got the return of Brood 19. And it's not coming alone. It's going to be loud. And it's going to be scary. It's coming up for you right here. This is Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. This is a story that starts off with people being the absolute worst and ends with people being wonderful. And it's about a dog. Ready? Here we go. So in a grocery store parking lot in London, somebody abandoned a spaniel that had been born with six legs, a six-legged spaniel. Wow. How you could part with a six-legged dog, I don't even know. Right. And why you would just dump it in a grocery store parking lot, like you can do some hell time for that. But the dog was immediately scooped up and they, they named it Ariel for the Little Mermaid because the additional legs had paws that looked like flippers, right? Mm. So it looked a little bit like a mermaid. So yeah. they brought the dog to the Langford Vets um, Hospital. And mm. even though they had never removed extra legs from a dog, because as far as we know, this is the first time this has happened, they did the surgery. They were able to get it down to four legs and now that little dog, that sweet little dog that was abandoned in a grocery store parking lot was running around the lawn on the grass oh, outside the vet oh, hospital. So oh, I love See? it. Hey, Lamar, Lamar, what's your guess as to the charge for that surgery? Oh, that's, that's three thousand. That's at least three thousand dollars, at least. God, at that least. low. Yeah, I would have gone higher. At least, than that. but that's that. You know what? 
they had the coins. That's fantastic. Now that little dog is happy. They didn't charge anybody. They did it just oh, to help didn't? the dog. Oh, yeah. the dog had been abandoned. Yeah. Oh, Ain't no money so changing hands. I told yeah. you it starts off. People are the worst. Abandoning right. a puppy with six legs. Then people are the best because they fixed yes. the puppy. And now right. she can run and jump and play and hopefully is in her forever home. This is Bob Good. and Sherry. Everyone Needs a Laugh is sponsored by Kohl's. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com today. It's time for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comedian Jordan Conley. <laughs> it was insane. There's so many things I didn't know. Did you all know that fruits had seasons? Yes. Never knew that. I never knew fruits had seasons. First of all, I didn't even know there was any more fruits than apples and bananas. The song only told me that I like to eat apples and bananas. Here it is that I'm learning there's more fruits in the world. And it says it even in the Bible that you're supposed to let the crops rest so that the nutrients and everything can continue to be nourished. All that stuff. I never knew this. The insanity of us as a country to be able to pick fruits whenever we want to, yet the McRib comes out once a year, every year, is baffling to me. I, don't know. I can get a strawberry whenever I want, but I can only get the McRib when Santa comes to town. That is insane, so. <laughs> I don't know, just a lot of stuff is so interesting to me. But like, I think overall, I think the biggest hindrance as to why I have not like grown up as an adult, um, why I'm not tougher, why I'm not anything like that, is because it's very hard to be like this big, strong man, this tough, courageous person when you were born and raised down the street from Disneyland, okay? I'm letting you know now. Like when you're born and raised around Disneyland, you eat, sleep, and think Disney. No matter what situation I'm in, I promise you, I'm going to think Disney before I think about anything else. Like I could be in the hood around a bunch of thugs with guns, but if I hear pop, pop, I'm like, oh, snap, the fireworks. What? <laughs> what time is it? Is it 9.30 already? Oh, my word. It's a small world after all. Like, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> like, you hear pop, pop, you think they shooting. I'm in the back like, step into the... <laughs> the insanity. It's, <laughs> it's who I am as a person. I don't know how to stop it. I wish I knew how. But like, if I wanted to be a thug, being a Disney person halts that as well. Because if somebody came into my hood, my immediate response is gonna confuse him. Because I'm gonna think Disney. It's gonna come out in a Disney phrasing. So, this guy walks in my hood. I'm like, hey fam, I suggest you get out of my hood right now where I promise you, I'm gonna knock that glass slip off your foot. You ain't gonna never make it to the ball. They're like, oh. <laughs> Like, what'd you say? I'm like, you heard me, street rat. Keep talking, I'm gonna rub your lamp. You ain't gonna like my three wishes. Cause I'm a beauty, but you're turning me into a beast. And me and my space rangers are about to knock you to infinity and beyond. If you think somebody's worried about you, you got another thing coming, Akuna Matata. And I'm like. <laughs> my favorite thing about that joke is a lot of your faces was like, oh, thank goodness he's done with the black jokes. And like, <laughs> You guys got so uptight, it was insane. You were like, okay, okay, I get it. Uh, <laughs> if I'm a thug, obviously I have gang members behind me. No matter who I'm talking to, they will be behind me singing, I promise you. They'll be in the back like, nah, We gonna kill this brother. Like, we would be. <laughs> there there are Jordan people. Conley. Yeah, Jordan Conley. There are people who are just so 
So much into Disney. They are Disney people. I, You know, my uh, silver best friend, Jeff Fox, did you know that he got married? He and Helene got married at Disney. Disney They're Disney uh, adults? I, I did yeah. not know Jeff can, was a Disney adult. I yeah. can beat that. I can beat that. A friend of uh, Alex's, when she got married, her and her husband, they moved down there. They live about four miles from there. She goes every day. Every Not every day. day. She goes every, every day to Disney day. World. She oh, got yeah, like, yeah. like an annual pass or something? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She goes every day. They, they, they specifically move there for that. There are passes where if you are a resident of Florida, you get a special break. I bet they have that. I'm sure they do. But, I mean, yeah, she goes yeah. every – and I, I said the same thing. What do you mean every day? Every day. That's her thing. She gr- loves it. Think, think how trippy it is to grow up outside the Magic Kingdom. And how right. much oh, – yeah. like, I never really yeah. thought about that until Jordan said it, how much that would, <laughs> like, shape yeah. your entire idea of reality yeah. and people and vacation would. and everything. All right, you can yeah. find Jordan's set at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. Click the menu tab, look for Everyone Needs a Laugh, and while you're there, go ahead and nominate a teacher to win a free trip from Visit Florida to Margaritaville in beautiful Fort Myers Beach. B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I dot com. This is Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. I was reflecting as I do so often on my father. I started thinking about when it would just be my father and me, and he's going to drop me off somewhere before he goes to work. You know, my friend Richie's house or something like that. And it was always a thing that he would control the radio and he would have on some boring adult station. And I would ask him, is it okay if I put on Lucky 13 WAVZ? And he would say, yeah, go ahead. And so I'd put it on and there'd be a song that I thought was kind of cool, like maybe a James Brown song. You know, I like James Brown. There it is. There it is. Yeah, I'm sitting there in the passenger seat of the T-Bird. Yeah. Get on the good foot. Come on, James. Get on the good foot. Get on the good foot. And my father, he'd let it go for a while. You know? he let the Godfather go for a while, or whoever it was. Get on the good foot. And this was the beauty of the man. Slowly. Out of the corner of my eye, I would see his right hand going up toward the radio dial. And I knew what was coming. And he would touch the radio dial and then spin it hard to the left, and it was gone. And then there'd be a moment. (laughs) There'd be a moment of quiet in the air. And he would say, and it was always the same thing, that's enough of that crap. And that was it. You know, and I get out of the car, it's time to go into Richie's house, and, and that was over. It was the beauty of the man's timing. He didn't just hit it and, and say, well, that's garbage. The drama in his voice, the finality of it being erased from his ears. It was just a thing of beauty. The, I mean, the man, the man was um, a master of understated disapproval is what it comes down to understated disapproval. Like when I cracked up the car a little bit, 
he's reading the paper and I had to come in and tell him that I'd cracked up the side of the car and was dented in a little bit. Paper did not even come down. He just, you know, all, all I, all I saw was the paper, a cigarette in his hand and the words novice drivers. And that was it. That, that kind of understated, cold, silent disapproval is the worst kind of disapproval. <laughs> because when somebody's getting all like, Yosemite Sam on you, you can tune them out. Yeah. But that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of disapproval, that leaves a permanent mark. And it has. Yeah, it Look at you. It has. Yeah, I know. I know. It's also a stain on me mentally because... I mean, you all know me. I do overstate my disapproval of certain things, right? If I don't like them, you know, clam, oh, yeah. clam you strips, think, yeah. clam strips are crap. Clam strips are just garbage. That's, that's directly related to, that's enough of that crap. And by the, by the way, he used a different word. <laughs> I've never, um, we've talked about this. I, if I'm in the car with my kids, I want to listen to their music. I want to hear what they're mm -hmm. listening to. Like, I, I want to know what their world is made up out of. And yet, um, Kevin, absolutely not. He is not here for, what What the hell is this? Let's, let's do a, let's <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. no? Okay. Back we go to the, cla the mellow classic rock of the mid-70s. Yeah. Like, he, like, I think maybe that's a yeah. guy thing or a dad thing. That's I what know. I think. I think it is. I think it is a guy thing. I think guys, every generation is melded to their the music when they were, I don't know, 13, 14 years old, right? That's the best music ever in the history of the world. Um, but I think it is more of a guy thing than it is a woman thing. I didn't, um, because of the weird way I grew up, I didn't, I don't really have what you just described. Like, I don't have like my music that I'm super um, married to. Oh, really? To. Yeah. I mean, well, how would I? We didn't have radio or TV. I mean, well, that's true. Like, that's so weird. How, yeah. How would I how would I have developed like, oh, that's my music? Like, yeah, I don't get I don't get that. I don't get that at all. I, but I, I do know. Yeah. I do know that if you're going to be if you want to disapprove of something and leave a permanent mark, uh -huh. don't be noisy about it. Be flat, right. be cold yeah. and be brief. Right. Yep. And it that, leaves that a That was scar. the man's genius. That was the man's genius. Yeah, he passed it along. It's Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. Well, I don't think it's a surprise that Jeff Bezos loves the limelight. I mean, he really does. He goes out of his way. And especially when he's doing something <clears throat> philanthropic. Like, he's very splashy about this. And <clears throat> he pledged $100 million to help rebuild Maui after the devastating wildfires and yeah. Be Bezos and his fiance, Lawrence Sanchez out of that hundred million, they say they have given 15.5 million over the past five months, according to a spokesperson for the billionaire, but he declined to name the recipients and local officials and nonprofits on Hawaii's second biggest Island are really puzzled. They don't know where the money might have gone. They haven't gotten huh. any of it. Huh. And he, he's he been pretty hazy about his future giving because back in 22, he said he planned to give away the majority of his then 
$124 billion fortune during his lifetime. But he hasn't been very specific with a timeline or anything like that. And since then, he's added another $52 billion to his net worth, according to the Billionaire's Index. Evidently, he's making it faster than he can give it away. While other billionaires are pretty secret about what they give, uh, Bezos, he is the second richest person. He stands out because his ex-wife, Mackenzie Scott, has donated more than $16.5 billion, with a B, since their divorce. And she has a complete list of all the recipients on her website, exactly where all the money's going. It's like 360 organizations that receive money uh, from her in the past year. And it's just sort of <laughs> weird that you make yeah, such a big huh. splash. He says, he says, yeah. we're going to help Maui get back on its feet. But nobody's, nobody's heard anything. Uh, the community, one of the community leaders said, had they simply just consulted with us, we could tell, you know, him where the money should go, how to get it to him, right, whatever. Right. But right. they can't find anybody that knows anything about the money. I, I was thinking weird? about these guys, these guys that have all these uh, billions and billions and billions of dollars, because they didn't really exist when I was a kid. If you knew somebody who was a millionaire, it was on. It, it was oh, very yeah. un, unusual. Um but now you're talking about tens of billions of dollars and you see what's going on in Ukraine and the Ukrainians are saying, if we could just get $6 billion in uh, support, military support, uh, we could make a stand or whatever the figure is. If he just, if he made in the last quarter, $58 billion, I don't understand why a guy wouldn't say, um, who's the uh, gun manufacturer, the cannon manufacturer, plane manufacturer that I need to write a check to. Can I do yeah. that as a citizen? I, I'll help the people of Ukraine. I don't understand that. It sounds like it sounds like he hasn't he hasn't done what Warren Buffett was asking billionaires to do: give away our money in our lifetime. Warren Buffett he, got he together talked about with it. Everybody, but yeah, yeah, he talked about it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, um, uh, there's there's some other people on the island: Oprah Winfrey, uh, Dwayne Johnson. They started a people's fund. And they they started initial contributions of five million each, and the fund has grown to about forty million, and it's being handled by the community. And you know, I mean, there's a lot of people that have give money and stuffs happening, but this hundred million that he just got in front of the cameras and said, nobody seems to figure out where it's at, where it's going. It's just weird. Well, I know where it's at. It's in his bank account. <laughs> he hasn't he hasn't given it yet. And I think I think his ex I think uh, his ex wife is very generous, giving away sixteen billion. But I also think she has a smile on her face when she writes those checks. <laughs> no, you know. well, but you know what? I, I hope she does smile every time she writes one because she's giving yeah, it to yeah. you know she stuff is. that needs to be done. Yeah, she is. So, yeah, I can't figure that you know, out. It's a it's a wild thing, isn't it? Because um, when he wanted to go to outer space or wanted to break ground on his billionaire survivalist bunker, the money didn't get lost the way it has apparently no. gotten lost in Hawaii, no. <laughs> which is an no. island, you know. So unless the money had a boat and could make an escape, <laughs> you know what this you know what this tells you that that whole donation was just a big old performance. Yes. It's, you know, it's fun to say, I'm giving so-and-so a billion dollars and then just never actually give the billion oh, because we all have such a short attention span. 
They're like, oh, he's giving them a billion dollars. Oh, look, a squirrel. And we've already forgotten. I know if we you do. hadn't brought it up, Lamar, if you hadn't brought yeah. it up, right? Yeah, we wouldn't have thought about talking it. About yeah. it. I know we have a short attention span, but if you're the people who uh, have heard that you're going to get $100 billion or whatever you're going to be getting a part of it, whatever you're going to get, yeah. you're not forgetting that and you will bring it up publicly sooner or later. Like if you promise your kid you're going to Disney and then you never take your kid, they'll they'll never let go of that pork chunk, you know? Yeah. But- but, you know, speaking as a kid who um, had a father who made all kinds of promises that he never kept, you're only allowed to bring up the promise like twice before you're threatened with a, t- uh, um, a life-ending beating if you ever mention yeah. it again. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm tired of hearing about so, that. I'm tired of hearing about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't, I don't want to hear it again. But you, I don't want to hear it again. You watch. This'll, this will also just kind of like yep. disappear. It's so yep. gross. It's so gross. And each and every one of us should boycott Jeff Bezos and Amazon, except, man, that octopus has worked its way into every corner of our oh. lives. Think how, think how hard it would be to boycott Amazon at this yep. point. And he knows it. It's Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Sherry website. The Oddcast. Contest info. BobandSherry.com. So I was watching TV and on came one of the advertisements for a medical product that's going to fix, you know, something's wrong with you. And I had not heard of this product. I can't even remember what it was or what the ailment was. Let's just say it fixes uh, toe fungus. And so the people are walking through the cute little town. You know, getting flowers and and eating at a uh, charming restaurant while a jazz quartet plays. And some kids are playing soccer across the street. You know, the scene is. And then uh, the VO comes on. Do you have toe fungus? You need Bloaxia. Bloaxia can help your toe fungus right away. And then you see a shot of somebody's feet moving and they're on a bike. And now the uh, foot fungus is is fixed because of Bloaxia. And after a couple of frames of shooting them dancing or uh, surfing or something like that, the camera pans up to an imaginary blue sky and you see skywriting. Get Bloaxia for foot fungus. And I looked at that and I went, when was the last time you saw skywriting? And the beach does any, does any, it, it was at the beach. That's exactly yep. right. When I was like 12, I think. I can't remember yep. it. Um, but my let's just take my stepson, Hampton. If I said, hey, Hampton, come on outside. Look it up there. That's skywriting. It says, shop the gay dolphin in Myrtle Beach. Look at that. That's a guy in a plane. He would go, huh, and go right back inside. Because what he's got on that computer is so much more interesting. But as a kid, the idea there's some dude up there in a plane somehow doing that was just absolutely mind-blowing. Yeah. Usually it's there. Now they don't even bother with that. Now it's they tow the banners. They tow the banners now. Yeah, yeah. I guess they still do that, don't they? But that wouldn't, would that impress Hampton? I don't think it would. No, God, no. What would impress Hampton? What would impress Hampton? If, if the front of your head opened up and a, a little man came out and doffed his hat, Hampton would be like, whoa, there's a little man inside Bob's head, whatever. Like nothing yeah. would impress, what would impress Hampton. Him? I'll nothing. tell you what would impress him. New, 
new headphones for his uh, gaming. It's Bob and Sherry. <laughs> Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to bobandsherry.com. It's talkback time. You can give us a call at 844-52-SHERI. You know, like on the phone. Or you can snap up our free app in Google Play or the Apple Store. And you can listen to the show and all of our podcasts, including Talking Lamar and True Weird Stuff. And you can tap the little microphone in the bottom center of the screen and talk, and the app will send your voice flying through the air to Max. Yes, listening to your show on Friday, and uh, you were talking about directions. Myself, I drove truck for 25, 30 years, and uh, what I always did was look for landmarks, Um, and that always gave me an edge over a lot of people that trying to use Google Maps or actually using maps. But I always use uh, landmarks to point out where I'm going or what direction I'm at. Um, And that kind of helped me out a lot. Um, Hope this uh, helps. Uh, Enjoy your show. Talk soon. Bye. Ahoy, Columbus. I see land. I see land, Columbus. Hey, listen, you just drive to about 30 miles Do you see a rock that looks like a buffalo. It's going to be on your left. When you see that rock that looks like a buffalo, take a right right there. Hey, that worked for the guy, though. That worked for that dude. And he's a trucker. I mean, if he's navigating he's by land. Yeah. But Here's the thing, like that guy, he doesn't have to worry about losing signal or not having an updated no. map because he's looking no. at the land and navigating yeah. that way. Old yeah, school, yeah. And none but of the landscape. That's, none of the landscape. That's who ever you want changes. in a crisis. <laughs> well, yeah, as long as he's does. navigating no... by mountains and not by buildings, yeah, yeah. he's probably yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah, good for him. Yeah, old school. All right. All right. Another one? Let's hear another one. Hey, Bob and Sherry. This is Shannon from Wilmington, your favorite five-star ride share. I just saw an article about Kentucky sending a beam into space with an invitation, inviting extraterrestrials to come see their rolling hills, bluegrass, and that bourbon. So, um... If Sherry wants a ride to go have a shot with those extraterrestrials, I'd love to be the ride share driver. Just saying. <laughs> Let me know. Five star rides. <laughs> I saw the same article. I saw the same article. It's it's a great publicity thing for uh, Lexington, Kentucky to do that. You know, they get the bourbon out there and, you know, flying into Lexington, you look down because we worked there for years and you see blue grass and horses. I mean, it is what they say it is. It's a great premise for a movie. Are you kidding? Hey, let's get the yeah. tourists to come here. We'll invite the aliens and then they come. Yeah. And yeah, they show a bunch of drunk true. aliens because they can't hold their liquor. Yeah, yeah there'll be a bunch <laughs> right, of drunk exactly. aliens. They can't hold their liquor. Yeah. It's be a problem. That's right. Yeah. That's you right. know, you know what's so interesting? Like now we laugh at this and we go, oh, that's a good publicity stunt. Way to go, Lexington, Kentucky, LOL. But it wasn't all that long ago that um, the entire country held its breath while messages were beamed to the planet Mars using electricity generated by Niagara Falls. And not only that, but during the course of this 
signal transmission to Mars. And this was back with Nikola Tesla, like over a hundred, about a hundred and I want to say maybe 120 years ago. Not only did the whole country hold its breath while they beamed the transmission to Mars, but radio stations, commercial and military, went silent once an hour every hour during that period so that we could listen for a response wow. from the Martians. I, didn't yeah, I remember that. Yet nobody knows that because today we make fun of people for believing this, but it wasn't all that long ago that the whole freaking world believed it. And in fact, I was working on a True Weird Stuff episode. This will show up at some point in the future. But um, all of these famous scientists were like in were quoted in uh, magazines and newspapers as going, oh, yeah, there's absolutely no question that there are Martians and that the Martian canals were uh, made by them and blah, blah, blah. And today, if you say stuff like that, you're a kook. But not that long ago, everybody believed yeah. it. So you yeah. go Lexington, Kentucky. Do not let anybody make fun of you. It's a great publicity stunt. Lexington's gorgeous. The bourbon is tasty. And you're going to get the last laugh if the aliens answer. Coming up, the return of Rude 19. It's Bob and Cherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Live. Live on the Bob and Cherry Facebook page. Go to BobandSherry.com and tell us about a bill you received that shocked you. We're selecting four winners to pay their bill on their behalf. That's B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. Ferdinand Marcos Jr., the president of the Philippines, he wanted mm-hmm. to go to see Coldplay in Manila last week. They were playing at the Philippine Arena, which happens to be, fun fact, the world's biggest indoor arena. It seats more than 40,000 people. That's a really? big arena. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. the traffic in Manila because of this Coldplay show was so insane that Fernando, the president, and his wife, the first lady, jumped in the official presidential helicopter and headed to the Philippine arena to see Coldplay. And the people of the Philippines have lost their mind, saying that using an official resource like the presidential chopper for personal non-official activities is an abuse of power and a misuse of government resources. And also, ooh, it's Coldplay. Um, They say that, uh, you know, this guy came to power in this like people power, you know, the end of, you know, the people of the Philippines kind of thing. And then he turns around and um, gets in the helicopter to go see Coldplay. People are saying, we, the taxpayers, we paid for that helicopter, the fuel, the security, probably the tickets for everyone else. They're saying, oh, the traffic's a problem for him. Think about what it's like to the millions of Filipino commuters who are stuck in that traffic every single day that instead of maybe taking a helicopter to go see Coldplay, you should be doing something about the transportation and traffic crisis in the Philippines. What do you um, think? Is, 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 uh, was his parents uh, Marcos and yeah. what was her name? Amelda. Amelda Marcos. Well, uh, people of the Philippines, his mother had 9,000 shoes. What did you think you were getting? Staying with that family. Look, the helicopter's what? sitting there. They're trying to get somewhere. They want to go to the concert. Eh, of course, they're going to hop in the helicopter. I get it. It's wrong, they, um, but I get it. 
They said well, that, yeah, he, he may say that he buys his own helicopter and fuel, but um, <laughs> the, the people of the Philippines are not believing it. And to your point, Bob, you know, he ran against the corruption and entitlement of his parents. He ran against that mm-hmm. saying he was a completely different guy. But mm-hmm. when you take the helicopter to the Coldplay show, um, it reminds everybody that maybe you're not a different guy at all. And the people are out of their minds. And if you are the president of the Philippines, you probably did not have on your bingo card that you were going to get it handed to you for Coldplay. Who saw <laughs> no, that's that true. one coming? Well, see, well, he's, there, thinking, is, he's thinking his parents set the bar so high that they were so right. corrupt. And they, right. I mean, as long as he stays this side of that, he should be in pretty good shape is what he's thinking. I agree. I think I'm not you're as exactly bad as right. them. I'm not as bad yeah. as them. That's, that's what you know, I, I think it's another example of power corrupts because if you're in a cushy situation, like you're living in a palace and there's really nobody that's coming for you, slowly you say, you know, uh, I have a special job. I'm a special person. I really want to see this band. Let's just take, you know, we'll say that it was for security. We'll take that. And then you get caught. You know, they it, it, it slowly creeps into your head. I don't care who the person is. It slowly creeps into your head that I'm special. In some I way, right. I am I think special. You're right. I think that um, you may start off being like a man of the people, but right. all of that, all of that all around you all the time and you want to go see Coldplay and you know that if you get in the presidential limo it's going to be two hours in traffic each way so you know it's that slippery slope it is it is and you see it in different ways I mean nobody loves the Rolling Stones more than me and I so admire Mick Jagger as a performer and as a, a composer but I was, I was, I think we had a guy on the show who was a writer for Saturday Night Live, maybe one of the comedians we feature. And he said he remembered when Jagger came to uh, do Saturday Night Live and there was a rehearsal. And so he walks in and all of the writers are around and he walks in and nods, sits down and to no one in particular says, puts his hand in the air, Diet Coke. He didn't ask looking at somebody he didn't look for someone who is the i don't know assistant who gets that just into the ether diet coke and and it came and it It appears yeah it appears right i can't even imagine i I try that at my house i'll say i'll say diet coke and Carla will say, yeah, while you're pouring me that glass of wine, get you one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, exactly. in, yeah, in, my, exactly. in my house, I could yell, I'm on fire, crickets. <laughs> Forget a Diet Coke. Straight ahead, they're coming back more and bigger and louder than ever. Brood 19 meets Brood X next. It's Bob and Sherry. Can you believe this is sponsored by BritBox? Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Sherry's. I don't believe this shit. I cannot believe this The cicadas are coming all across <laughs> the southern and midwestern portions of the United States. Large broods of periodical cicadas are preparing to emerge from underground. Brood 19, 
the largest periodical cicada group is set to emerge in mid-May of this year in over a dozen states, Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, North Carolina, Tennessee, all down this area. They come around every 13 years. And around the same time, another cicada brood known as Brood 13, and it does every 17 years, will be uh, surfacing in northern Illinois and Indiana and that way. As usual, the cicadas will be present in huge numbers, which researchers believe allows them to overwhelm any predators that would otherwise uh, threaten their ability to breed. They just overwhelm you with sheer numbers, and he, he asked, the, the expert estimated that some areas may see up to a million cicadas per acre. Whoa. That's a lot. That's, That's a, lot. a lot. Their only goal, oh, he said, is to, wow. is to lay millions of eggs and keep the species going before completing their life cycles and dying off at the end of the breeding period. When these broods come in, they can be really loud. He said, I've heard 100 decibels. That's like a lawnmower or being in Knoxville's Neely Stadium during a football game. That's how loud they will be. And the noises come come from a structure on the male's exoskeletons called thimbles. And they use them for mating calls. So if you're hanging out somewhere and you uh, want one to come see you, if you snap your fingers, they'll come to you. No, no, no. I'm not snapping my fingers. I don't want them to come to me. I I don't want (laughs) nothing to do with it. That's crazy. Um, But now, bears eat them when they come up out of the ground. A lot of animals eat them, but humans, too, have been known to eat cicadas. And those who have say they taste like shrimp. Now, the Food and Drug Administration says it's okay to eat them, but... You cannot eat them if you're allergic to shellfish. That's how close they are to being shrimp. I'm going to pass on that too, okay? I'm passing. I'm not not snapping my fingers. I'm not eating them. I mean, there's not enough horseradish in the world to make me eat a cicada. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, But otherwise, they're generally harmless to the environment. They don't bite. They don't carry disease. But they're creepy looking. Oh, they're creepy looking. But, you know, they won't eat leaves or flowers or fruits. They're okay. But they coming, and there's nothing we can do about it. But they are destructive because they put so many of those eggs in the branches of trees that it kills some of the trees. I know oh, because really? they did it when I was a kid. They came out and it but killed, now that's it that's young trees. trees. Yeah, they, yeah, the young trees. If it's a big yeah. old established tree, not too much problem. But man, weren't, weren't they, weren't they supposed to come out one, one um, version of them? Weren't they supposed to come out like a year or two ago? I mean, I can I remember us talking. It was the pandemic. They were sheltering that. in place. It was the pandemic, I think. Oh, I see. Okay, <laughs> I was mistaken. Yeah, right. It affected everyone. Yeah. They don't have ears. They couldn't wear the mask. So it, didn't, it wouldn't work can out. Can you imagine? Them. Oh, you a imagine million driving and over they, them. God, and they're big, and they got the big red yeah. eyes. Oh, no, no. I'm, right. Nope. Right. Nope. Nope. So that, is that I'd, this summer? They're coming out yes, this summer? Yes. Yeah. May. Wow. May. They're in coming. May. And it's going to be massive. I mean, everything I've yeah. read about it, and I've seen people online like cooking them and eating them. And you know, I'm if I'm given the choice between the deep fried cicada or my fellow passengers, like in the movie Society of the Snow, I'm going to eat the cicada. But I'm going to try really, really hard to never have to make that choice. You know, mm. I'd rather eat a cicada than a lunchable. 
I think it would be tastier and better for me. Well, it's more nutritious. More nutritious. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm exactly. sure. I'm absolutely sure. <laughs> I guess you well, can dip them you, in Lamar. chocolate. Yeah. Yep. Thank so you very much. Be careful. Heads up. Be careful. They're coming. Right. It's it's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry books, swag, and the mother of all mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. Hey, Sherry, I have an idea how you can brighten the day of Kevin as he's uh, recovering. Because he's just lying there in bed, and, you know, it's nice to watch TV, and he paints and all of that, but it's going to get old. I think that you should go out. It's kind of pricey. Uh, and get him a can of Charles Chips. Charles Ooh. Chips potato Ooh. chips. Ooh, get the you, barbecue. Did you it's have the those? the best barbecue. You, yeah, you I had those them. as a kid? Yeah. Really? Well, you think, I, well, you think I'm living in the woods? Sort of, no, you know, to, to be honest. <laughs> I, I had an aunt. I had an aunt. I had an uh-huh. aunt that lived in Atlanta. They had money. Uh-huh. They had money. Uh-huh. And oh, oh my yeah. God, they're the best chip. Oh, the, had the Charles Chip truck and pull up and bring them right to the door. Oh! Right to the door. Right to the door. Yes. If, if, um, yes. You know, that was the thing, though. The only people I saw who had them as a kid had some money. Because it, I mean, this is a good-sized tin, but they're so expensive. I sent some for Christmas care. to a relative who was having a hard uh, time. They were, I think it was like $37 for damn potato chips. And he loved them. He absolutely loved them. I haven't had them in I years. Guess, I guess I need to call the police and report. Uh, Amazon got stole off my, because I never got mine. I never, I never got them. I know you probably meant to send me some, but I never got them. Just <laughs> well, um, just saying. You're next. You're going to be next, next to my uh, <laughs> okay. relative. Okay. Uh, right. I, I, I want right. to try them and see. I know where I'm at. It, it was just the coolest thing. I mean, as a kid, oh. there's only so many oh, things that you really get to do, right? You get to go maybe get a Coke at the local gas station. But ch- potato chips are a thing. And when you hear that there are glamorous potato chips, it drives you mad. So anyway, yeah. I think you should get that for for the sheriff. I bet he'd like it. Yep. He would love it. He would. He probably had that as a kid. That sounds I like something his dad would have liked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if Lamar had it, he had to have it. Right? That's true. I love now Lamar yes. is now the me- the standard of measurement for someone someone ignorant with with no resources <laughs> out in the middle of nowhere. I didn't he had that. it. <laughs> no, he was living in a, a I'm rural used to it. I'm used to it. I'm used a rural it. area, that's all I'm saying. I wish I hadn't brought it up. It's Bob and Sherry. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. There's some sort of a law in this country, I don't know who started the law, that you can only eat comfort food uh, up until March. <laughs> After that, you know, no comfort food is permitted in the United States or people will come and put you in prison. Here are the uh, top comfort foods. See if you agree. Number 10, donuts. Definitely. I, would, I, I wouldn't put that on it, but I'm not a donut eater. But I could see how it could get on the comfort food yep, list. Yep, definitely. Uh, number nine, fried chicken. Definitely. Did you see that the uh, the KFC in England ran out of chicken? Because they only use fresh chicken. And when they ran out of fresh chicken, they ran out of chicken. I, I was so impressed that. by that. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. They have the right to do that? Well, what, aren't you glad that they did? Mm-hmm. Because look what that, you know what? That makes you want to go eat some KFC, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, is it only in England, the fresh chicken? 
That would be sad, wouldn't it? That would. We, there's a lot of things that they get over there that's, that we don't that's get. That's got to be company wide. That's got to be company wide because because yeah. otherwise it would it would be different. Yeah. Uh, number eight comfort food is cookies, especially chocolate chip. Yeah. Yeah. Mashed potatoes. Yes. Why do you like mashed potatoes so much? You used to hate potatoes. You used I to know. call potatoes evil love, and poisonous. I love potatoes, but mm-hmm. potatoes are just such a giant carb. Um, I I hardly ever make them. I make mashed potatoes maybe twice a year. Yeah. I'm off of French fries again. I'm not eating any French fries. Oh, and you'll probably lose forty pounds this week. You, know, like you want me to die? Man. Do you want me to die? <laughs> like a typical Seriously. man? <laughs> Would you like me to just die? This is now. This is how y'all are. Jeez. I've given up French fries for the week, and I've lost forty pounds. Oh, shut up! That's you scary. know it's true. That's you scary. know Bob, it's true. not just you. They do it to all, to all men. Yeah, they don't like mm-hmm. that because it's metabolism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm an athlete. What can I tell you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm an athletic dog walker. Uh, number six. This is my favorite. This should be number one. Macaroni and cheese. Oh man, I love macaroni and cheese. Jeremy so and I were much. just having this conversation, but there are two schools of thought with mac and cheese. Um, baked, where it's firm and has some crunchiness on top. Yeah. Or soupy. I don't yeah. like soupy. I don't either. I don't want to go to that school. Uh, number five, French fries. If they're really good, I do like them a lot, but they have to be really good, and I'm I'm off of them right now because they are no good for you. Number four, pizza. Yeah, I'm never giving that. I don't call it comfort food because I don't care what month it is. I'm eating pizza. I would never really, eat pizza. Up. Really good pizza. Number three is ice cream. You don't eat ice cream, do you? I can't. Yeah. It's not a judgment thing. I can't. Isn't there some kind of, you know? Yeah, it's made out of soybeans, and that automatically yeah. seems yeah, less appealing, doesn't it? Or rice or whatever. There's nothing else that they... Well, I can have sorbet if it yeah. doesn't have any milk That's not it. the same, though. It's not. Uh, number two is chocolate, just a bar of chocolate. A good a, a good bar of dark chocolate is delicious. It's not overly sweet. See, when you say comfort food, I don't think of things like chocolate and donuts and ice cream. I think of yeah. things like lasagna and mac and cheese yeah. and fried chicken and mashed yeah. potatoes and, yeah, and a I giant agree with bowl you. of tater tots seasoned with your own tears <laughs> eaten in the dark. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, that no, you're right. You're right. They should have put that on here. They should have put that and not chocolate. That was stupid. And uh, number one is a grilled cheese sandwich. Oh, I, good, I love that. A good grilled cheese, yeah. You know, here's the thing with the grilled cheese sandwich. It's only really good if you're using like Wonder Bread, white bread, you know? I mean, I'll I'll eat the grilled cheese sandwich with the uh, thicker wheat, but it's, I don't know, man. If you're doing a classic grilled cheese with tomato soup, you're right. You have to have the white bread. Yeah. But there's a lot to be said for a grilled cheese made out of like ciabatta or Mm -hmm. um, like a chewy dense Oh, I'll eat that. I'll eat that. But the classic one, the one that you would have like at your house on a rainy day with tomato soup. That's, I most associate that meal with trick-or-treating because that's what my mom would, when we were tiny um, before we moved out west. Uh Uh-huh. My mom on Halloween would make Campbell's tomato soup and grilled cheese before we how went the, How did the trick-or-treaters like that when they came? Everybody got a bite? Well, she, you know. Open up, kid. We'd run out of bowls and they'd have to cup their hands <laughs> and then the little punks would cry because it was hot or whatever. I know. That's when America started going soft. So soft. Yeah. Um, the mac and cheese now, it's all over the place. 
It's in fancy restaurants, even with like lobster mac and cheese. Truffles. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I was in a restaurant the other day, and, and one of the desserts, and it was, an, it was a fairly nice restaurant. One of the desserts was some form of s'mores. And I thought, hey, can't you people do something other than what we ate at a campfire? You know, I mean. They're trying to be clever by doing a throwback retro thing, you know, and then making it fancier. I read a, a little thing about a restaurant that did a deconstructed s'mores for dessert. And basically, here's what it was. Instead of a graham cracker, a toasted marshmallow, and a piece of chocolate, you got um, this little like ramekin of crumbs. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. A little ramekin of crumbs, a shot glass of some really overpriced cocoa drink, and the chef had spun a marshmallow out of I don't know hopes and dreams, mm-hmm. and it arrived on like on the plate. And the, here's what you had to do: you were to pick up the marshmallow, dip it in the crumbs, stuff it in your mouth, and shoot down the chocolate. And it was probably... Yeah, no. Yeah, no. I I mean, don't you just want a s'more? You know what? Just hearing the waiter go on and on about what Chef is doing with it. Chef makes his own marshmallows (laughs) using heirloom duck eggs. The egg whites are coddled in the pocket of the chef's kitchen pants (laughs) for approximately 16 minutes before being emulsified in a precious antique earthenware bowl using natural unrefined raw sugar. From chef's pants to your mouth. Oh my God, just bring me a donut and let's be done with it. It's Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, fun size, and more with the free Bob and Sherry app. Oh, it is that time of the month. No, not that time, guys. Settle down. The time of the month when we announce our teacher winner who's going to Marshmallowville. You are so smooth, you know. Well, because, you know, as as I said the words, I thought, oh, poor Bob. Yeah, yeah. Oh, poor Bob. He's like, you couldn't warn me off the air it was that time of the month? No, it's the special, magical, happy time of the month when we send a hardworking school teacher who sacrifices so much and gives so much and gets so little in return except the undying gratitude of parents and the love of children. Here we go. This month's winner heading to Margaritaville Beach Resort in beautiful Fort Myers, Florida, is Patricia Tyndall of Darlington, South Carolina. And here's Patricia's entry. After 24 years in the mortgage banking industry, my company shut down our operations center. I received a nice severance package and the opportunity to further my education if I won it. I had been volunteering at my daughter's elementary school and really enjoyed it. That led to substitute teaching, which I loved. I especially enjoyed working with special ed and went to work to get my degree to teach. It was a long, rough road. I failed math four times, helped nurse my father through cancer and was dealing with his death. Then COVID came calling. People told me I was insane to get into teaching. Teachers were leaving by the score. My response was, well, then I'm guaranteed a job and I need it more than ever. I currently teach resource to 9 to 12th graders and I love it. Even the days when someone is throwing a desk across the room. I just got accepted into the University of South Carolina graduate school program to obtain my master's in special education. Patricia, you're who we need. Awesome. You're who we need. We need people saying, you know what? This career path ended. But in my heart, I know I belong in that classroom. 
Congratulations, Patricia. You are coming yes. with us to Margaritaville. And if you have a teacher or you are a teacher, because you can nominate yourself. I mean, you've been, you're used to doing everything else for yourself, right, teachers? Why not this? Go to B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com to nominate your teacher. Every week we choose a winner who gets loaded up with some Bob and Cherry swag. And they are nominated for our monthly grand prize from Visit Florida. It's a three-night vacation for two to the Margaritaville Beach Resort in Fort Myers Beach. Round trip, airfare, vehicle rental. We're all going to hang out together. You're going to be with other awesome teachers. And Patricia Tyndall, that is a wow story. And thank you so much for making that move into education after your banking career. Could you guys see doing that? Could you ever? I mean, is that ever something you could imagine? Because I could see doing that's that. That's awesome. I could see being that's a school awesome. teacher. Yeah. I don't think Depends. I'm smart enough. Yeah. Depends. Yeah. Would have to <laughs> what be. would it do? <laughs> you know, what would the it depend on, B.O.B.? <laughs> um, the subject, subject would be how to uh, skate through <laughs> life <laughs> and Doing never the really grow up. And never really grow up. And Sherry, that was a great opening to this segment, by the way. You know, talking about the time of the month. That was, that was so good. Lamar and I are both men. Lamar and I are both men, and we're going to pause. That's called menopause. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's what I'm going to teach. You can't that's teach that's that. my class. No, that's my no, class. No. That's class. <laughs> What's that I hear? Doc's on LinkedIn suddenly. Why? Why could that? <laughs> I would. Um, I think it's amazing when people do what Patricia did, and yes. it does happen yes. more than you think. People go, you know what? I was blessed and lucky in this career, and um, it's it's something something is telling me that I need to I need to teach. I need to give it back. I even had a teacher in high school that had had like a whole separate career before becoming a teacher. And you know, That's when great. you're a kid, you're weirded out by adults who do atypical things. Do you remember that feeling? Like when an adult didn't follow the standard roadmap, oh, it was yeah. kind of yeah. weird for you. So right. when this woman decided, you know, midway through her regular, her other job to be a teacher and came in to teach math, she was a math teacher, ironically, we were all like, oh my God, like, are you being forced to do this? Like, do you have free will? Like, what has happened to you? Because <laughs> you don't understand as a kid, like, what an amazing gift that is um, for someone to come into your classroom and be a teacher. So congratulations, Patricia. Get your teacher nominations in right now at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. This is Bob and Sherry. It's Bob and Sherry, the podcast. Would you like to have some ways to improve your relationships in 2024? Yes, I ask. Of course. Yes, you would. Of course. Well, yes. You've come to the right guy, a man whose background educationally is basically Mad Magazine. So here we go. <laughs> here we go right now. Uh, number one, give people permission to change. All right. It, it can be challenging to recognize that people you have known for years, like siblings or a lover or whatever, have evolved. They may be entirely different than they once were. I'm all for people changing, as long as they're changing in a way that I am comfortable with. And I don't think that's too much to act. So 
There are two so ways can... to hear this, Bob. You uh-huh. say, give people permission to change, meaning they're yeah. changing and you need to accept that. But you yeah. probably didn't mean it like when they're doing something that irritates you, it, you wouldn't go something like, <clears throat> excuse me, Kevin, you have my full permission to change. Like that would no, not be no, in the spirit. That, that would, no, okay. that doesn't ring well. Okay. When the, phone, when the phone rings, pick it up. Loneliness is a public health crisis that affects more than half of Americans. Wow. I keep seeing that all the time. When somebody calls you, pick up the phone. Even if he's just there to say hi, find a little something to talk about because that person might be lonely. Amen. Absolutely do that. Beware of, uh, I think it's pronounced... Fubbing, glancing at your phone when somebody is talking to you or reaching for it whenever the conversation slows down can lead to feelings of hurt and frustration. Please don't do that, folks. You know, even if it's somebody that's really close to you and all, it's such an insult because basically what it says is whatever you're saying, I'm hoping there's something better coming my way on this phone. Um. Be open to different types of desire. Sex therapists and researchers tend to believe that there are two types of desire. Spontaneous, the feeling of wanting romance, like out of the blue, and responsive, which arises in response to stimuli. Though many people tend to think that spontaneous desire is somehow better, responsive desire is valued too. So there you go. Responsive, Responsive desire. Like... I bring home a nice bottle of wine. There you go. Okay. Um, when arguing, avoid generalizations. Oh, this is so toxic. Like, Ooh, God. you always I, say, or you never you do. Never. They're, always they're and never. Always and yeah. never. It's t- you, right. I, this took me a long time, and I still catch myself. And Because it used to be I'd say something. You always, and, and Carl would say, really? Really? Is that what you're saying? Always? Well, you know what I mean. Well, I know what you said. You said always. So yeah, those are those are trigger words. Always and never. Those are trigger trigger words. I have such admiration for you as another man Lamar. because you were just then. You just said I was wrong at one time, and now I have corrected it, and I am no longer wrong. That's fantastic. There's not maybe a lot of men that do that. Time, yeah. No, Lamar's very enlightened. But maybe let's try this just for fun because it would be really fun to hear about the next time. Carla says, really, Lamar? Is that what you said? Is that what you think? I want you to look at her and say, Carla, you have my full permission to change. Oh, I love that. And I'm sure that's going to go over great. <laughs> fireworks. And what a fun break it'll be the next day. On the show. And that's the important yeah. thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, listen, listen. We'll, we'll have a we will have some sort of discussion or something, and something will come up, and we'll get through it. You go. That's not a five minute break on the show. Let me just tell you, <laughs> oh, that's not a five oh, minute break. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, it, it it feels like one. It really feels yeah. like one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, she's wrong, and she has the uh, possibility to change. You know, change. You that's right. <laughs> Never underestimate the power of a compliment. That is that is just so true. And I think especially oh, yes. if you've been married to somebody a long, long time, you know everything about them. But they just did something for you to stop and say, that was really brilliant. Or that was uh, that was a really funny or cute thing that you just said. Thanks for saying that. 
you know, it, it keeps the flame going a little bit, right? You have to, you have to I, listen. I'm, I'm, I'm very complimentary. I'm very complimentary. And sometimes Carl will say, you know what? You're, that's just, you're just BSing. That's what you're doing. You're BSing. And I'm like, do you want me to quit? She goes, absolutely not. No, no, I don't want you to quit. I know you're you right. Know, Cause just right. the, the, for you to take the time to just notice something, it's, it's not that hard. Right. Really yeah, not. that's right. Be nice to get a thank you too coming back after you make that compliment. That'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not totally necessary, I guess, but be nice. Uh, the next one. When dealing with challenging family members, focus on what you can control. Oh. Yeah. yeah. That's a Which big one. Whether much. or not Most I of them. Yeah, whether or not I stay in the conversation and the level in my glass, and that's about it. That's it. Right. That's all. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, when someone you love is upset, ask one simple question. Do you want to be helped, heard, or hugged? Uh, yes. About that one. I don't, let, me, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Nine times out of ten, nobody's wanting to be helped. If it's your wife, she's not wanting to be, and I catch myself and in the middle of, yeah. in the middle of trying to instruct her. I say, Oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. Yeah. Yeah. I hear yeah. exactly what you're saying. And I yeah. empathize with exactly what you're going through. And, and that's all I say. I just stop. You know, that, that is exactly right. That's right. If, if Mary is just off the rails because of some crime, somebody's committed, I just sit there and listen and look at her at the so eyes and, ju- and just uh, nod a little bit and uh, let her figure it out herself. Hell, she's the one with yep. the degree. It's Bob and Cherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Cherry app. Angus Barberi was fed up with being overweight. At the age of just 27, he weighed 456 pounds and he struggled oh with food addiction. Initially, he planned to fast for no more than 40 days. The longest medically recommended is 40 days for fasting. But his body adjusted surprisingly well, and he told his doctors he wanted to continue. And he ended up going entirely without food for over one year. In the end, he fasted for 382 days, and he lost 276 pounds. Barberry was prescribed multivitamins, including potassium, sodium, and yeast, to compensate for the lack of nutrients. Besides the supplements, he lived off of low-calorie, calorie, uh, uh, low-calorie or calorie-free beverages like black coffee, tea, and sparkling water. He spent yeah. most of the fast at home, but he made regular visits to the hospital for checkups. Sometimes staying overnight so doctors could monitor his progress, check his blood levels, and shockingly, aside from having low glucose, glucose levels, which didn't appear to have any negative effect, his body was perfectly fine. Because he wasn't eating solid foods, he reportedly only needed to go to the bathroom once every 40 to 50 days. In July of 1966, after one year and 17 days of going completely without food, Angus had reached his goal weight of 180 pounds. He had lost 276 pounds at an average rate of three quarters of a pound a day or about Hmm. 22 pounds a month. But Barbary uh, finally broke his fast with a boiled egg and a slice of bread with butter. He told reporters that he had forgotten the taste of food. 
Wow. Can you? That's, and that's, and that, I can't believe he could stay alive. That's amazing. It, yeah. That it's and I, it's just, they say that most people could have never done this, but he was yeah. able to pull it off, and he was successful. Man. God Man. bless oh him. My hey, gosh. I couldn't have done it. No way. No way. I wouldn't have had an egg. I would have had a pizza. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> this is Bob and Sherry. Thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast, the Oddcast, and Talking Lamar. We would love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review, and maybe share it with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again so much for listening. Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.